This episode was recorded on the Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. And welcome to another episode of What the Fuck is for Dinner. Join me every fortnight for a cook along in my kitchen. Hello, hello. We are back. We are back for another episode of What the Fuck is for Dinner. But we are also back in Australia. Back from holidays and back into ordinary life. Sad. I don't know if you get that same sort of post-holiday blues where you feel like you need a holiday from your holiday. I'm kind of in that space at the moment. But I'll share a little, a few things about our week since we've returned from holidays. It's our usual ordinary life, work, daycare, getting Odie ready for school, which when this episode drops will be his very first day. But Cameron and I have reached a new level in our relationship, which we discovered this week. Uh, I had been noticing that the washer that I that I use for my face to wash off the day, I usually hang it on the tap. And every time I'd gone into the bathroom to wash my face, it was then moved to the shower area. This isn't uncommon. Cameron has weird peculiarities about where things should be placed. And so in my mind, that was just something that he didn't like seeing on the tap. But I was washing my face when Cam walked in and his face looked at me with confusion, recognition, and then laughter as he broke the news to me that that is the same cloth that he has been washing his junk with (sighs) this is the one like nice self-care thing that I try and do for myself give myself a nice clean face and I have been washing it with his balls (sighs) so just an ordinary week here as I'm sure you've all experienced I've also been dealing with a nasty as heck migraine. These are a new thing for me, but they wipe me out for days. The frustrating thing is that even when you're feeling absolutely crap, and this is particularly, I guess, for parents or people that have other dependents, you can't just stop. Like I can't just lie on the couch in the darkness when I'm feeling utterly shite. I am still required to work and earn money. I am still required to cook for my family. There are so many things that I am still required to do because otherwise it will crumble around me. So unfortunately, that has been my week, just trying to get through those icky feelings. But with that in mind, this week, more so than many other weeks, I have been forever grateful for my freezer. And here is my reason why. Every night this week, we have used things in our freezer for our meals. Whether entirely a frozen meal or elements of a meal 
coming from the freezer, it has been so handy. We came home to a skeletal food supply because we had just been on holidays. We then had that lovely curveball of a migraine that lasted a good three days. So even when we were trying to be well-planned and we had meals that we wanted to cook, there was just time where we could not be fucked. So in came our beloved freezer to show us the way. In fact, our recipe today relies on ingredients that I regularly store in my freezer for this reason. Something that I know I can have there when I need it for a simple meal to whip up together and enjoy it. We're going to get into that recipe in a little bit, but I want to first start with a fun little segment called What the Hack? What the Hack? What are those nifty tricks that you do in the kitchen to make things a little bit easier? Or do you use something in a slightly unconventional way for something more interesting? I want to know, selfishly, because I want things to be easier in the kitchen so I can have more time to drink wine. We all want to be re-inspired, right? We all want to have a little bit more fun. So let's share our nifty hacks. Last week I shared a little hack with you all. I use goggles to cut my onions. No longer will I ever have real sad, droopy, snotty face tears because those goggles, they just, I guess they just stop all of the penetration of onion juices. Point being, whilst I could never host an actual cooking show because you can never get away with wearing bluey goggles, during an actual cooking show. They really do make cutting onions easy. So that's what I do. And I did a call out to you guys in the last week on the Instagrams to ask you what your hacks are. I got some great ones, some real doozies. So thank you. But I am only going to be sharing one today. Stop throwing away your pasta water. Collect it in another bowl as you pour it out through the strainer, let it cool, and then give it to your plants as a tasty little nom-nom treat. I thought this was pretty good on a number of levels. Here in Australia, we have a long history of water restrictions because of droughts, and I feel like our life is catching water in buckets, so why not catch the pasta water, pour it into your plants, and see if they enjoy a little bit of spaghetti. I mean, I say all of this, but I'm actually utterly appalling at maintaining my plants. I think majority of our indoor plants and garden have just learned to deal with themselves because I I just forget to water them. Fun little side note, I discovered we're growing tomatoes in our front garden, which is supposed to just be ground cover and little bushes. So I kind of am of the approach of less is more, but this would be great for any of you real plant lovers that want to give them a little bit of extra TLC. And if you use this hack already, or if you start trying this hack, please let me know what it does. Does it make them more green? Does it make them happier? Like, how do you know? I'm intrigued, let me know. But what the heck, hey? It's cooking your dinner, 
then it's giving some extra dinner to your plants and hopefully you're reaping benefits for everybody. So if you have any great cooking hacks that you want to share to help make life in the kitchen easier, please share them with me. Follow me on WTF's For Dinner pod. Send me a DM. Send me a flying pigeon. Just share your hacks and let's bring them to the pod and share them with you all. Now let's get into today's recipe. Today we are making spinach and feta pie. Now I love this recipe for a number of reasons. One, it's cheap AF. Two, it requires very little active prep time. Three, I'm guaranteed to have the kids love it, which means four, great lunchtime snack idea if you wanted to make them into little parcels. But five, it's scrummy, it's yummy, and you can adapt it in a number of different ways to tailor your taste buds. I think we can all resonate with this. Grocery shopping is like rent at the moment. It is so expensive. Even the most basic of shops honestly feels like it's stripping the account. But this recipe, in terms of the basic ingredients you will purchase maybe store in the freezer, store in your fridge, in total costs about $10. And this will feed a family of four or five and has the ability for some of those ingredients to go further to make lunch snacks. Bang for your buck, I reckon. What you're going to need for this recipe is phyllo pastry. Now, if that's already turned you off, if any of you know phyllo pastry, it is incredibly fine sheets of pastry, like crepe paper, and you layer them down. If you're not interested in that, if you see BF, use puff pastry, whatever. Just make it work for you. But I do feel like if you have the time, if you can spare an extra five minutes and you have a paintbrush, <laughs> a pastry brush, I really do recommend it because it's really light and flaky and crispy and so it's not as heavy I would say as a butter puff. In terms of the ingredients that go into the pie it is obviously spinach, feta, egg and then the defining ingredients for me in this recipe are parmesan, lemon zest, nutmeg and garlic. Let's get started. Now this is where the freezer comes in. Saving yourself the need to buy a giant fridge worth of fresh spinach only to produce a cake tin size worth of wilted spinach. Get yourself packets of frozen spinach and have them in your freezer. I use these nifty little ones that are in a small little packet. They cost about a dollar and they're so well portioned for meals. All you've got to do is bring them out before you plan on cooking. So if you think you're going to do it in the afternoon, take them out in the morning before you head off to work. If you don't have that time or if you forget, pour a nice big bowl of hot water, 
plonk that bag in there and give it a good 10 minutes or so and it should thaw down nicely. But what we're going to need to do is strain them leaves because if you were to just add that defrosted bag of spinach to the mixture, you are going to have yourself one soupy, soggy mess. So let's strain it. Now, I don't have a fancy straining muslin cloth. What I use is a sieve and paper towel. Without even squeezing the paper towel, it's just dripping the residual fluid from the spinach. So just very gently, I'm gonna squeeze it. So this is now gonna go straight into the bowl, along with a whole block of smooth feta. Crumble it up in your hands as you add it to the bowl. So creamy. Mm. Now you can lick your hands. But wash them straight after, obviously. <clears throat> I'm now adding two eggs. And I'm mincing a clove of garlic. If you love garlic, give yourself a giant bulb. If you're not super keen on having zesty, heavy breath into the nostrils of your lovers, then make it a smaller clove. Gosh, I love the smell of garlic. I'm also going to grate in some parmesan for the umami flavor. The zest, the zest of a lemon. Save that lemon because you can use the juice in a salad dressing for the a side salad that you serve with the pie. And the last thing that I'm adding is nutmeg. This is one thing that I feel a bit uh, particular about. I am a big fan of fresh nutmeg over pre-ground. The flavor is much more potent if you use it freshly grated. So if you can purchase some and you just use a microplane to grate it, it kind of looks you know, like a solid nut and you don't have to peel anything. You just literally start grating it and then the inside, it looks like a brain so cool but I can't tell you the measurement of how much I'm doing I just kind of add it and enjoy the smell as I grate I truly believe that nutmeg is an underrated flavor it's so nice because it's not going to be the main flavor of the dish but it definitely enhances the other flavors that are in this pie it's great we now stir everything together so it gets all friendly if you don't like the gloopy gloppy noises, block your ears. The only thing I might add extra is a bit of pepper. You could add chili flakes if you're a fan of it being a little bit more on the hot side, but my kids will cry. And I have heard them cry enough today. That's the mixture done. That simple. I think it took, even with me talking to myself, took about just under 10 minutes. How good's that? Now for the bit that takes a little bit more time and maybe you can change the perspective to 
This is a little bit of mindfulness time, therapy time, where you just focus on one task and enjoy. Almost like painting, because that's basically what we're going to be doing. So what I have is a packet of phyllo pastry. You can get phyllo pastry from the supermarket. You can buy it both either refrigerated or frozen. If you buy it frozen, you have to make sure you bring it out, I think at least two hours before you cook it so that it thaws and it softens. Because if you try and open it and just use it, it's all just going to crack and it's an utter nightmare and, you know, you'll cry too. So I usually buy the fridge one because I can never forward think enough to bring it out of the freezer in time. Now, phyllo pastry also likes to be temperamental and moody AF. So if you leave the phyllo pastry out at room temperature exposed to the elements, it will freak out and crisp up on you. So if you're going to have it sitting out on your bench, cover it with a wet tea towel. But I've otherwise just opened up this packet straight up and I'm ready to prepare my pie. Now, I am using a cake tin. It is just a simple circular cake tin. The size is 20 by 5 centimeters. If that means anything to you, it doesn't to me. You could use a pie tin. You could use whatever receptacle you like. How I'm going to prepare this is basically I'm going to be placing the sheets of pastry into the cake tin, just draping it in. The edges of the rectangles of the pastry will sort of hang over the edges and they're going to be what folds over the top and creates the top of the pie. Think of it like you're making a parcel, just a giant parcel. I have a bowl of olive oil. I have my pastry painting brush on a single sheet of the filler pastry, which is still all sitting in a pile. I'm going to paint it with the olive oil, just a thin, fine layer. Just enough to sort of lightly make it shine. And then we're placing that sheet into the cake tin. Oh, I forgot to say, paint the tin first with oil so that the pastry doesn't stick. And this is kind of like messy origami slash wrapping an awkward sized birthday present, like paper mache, all in one. You press the, sh the single fine thin layer of pastry down into the cake tin. Be it being a rectangle obviously is only going to cover sort of two sides of the dish. And that's when you go and paint your next sheet of pastry. Okay, so with the next sheet of pastry, you're then going to lie it in the other direction. So the exposed parts of the tin is where you're draping. Kind of like a crisscross, press it in. It's okay if it tears because you're gonna do so many layers, it's all going to cover up. Painting, painting, painting. What do they sing on play school when they're painting? There's a little squiggle here and a little squiggle there everywhere. I did have a dream of um, being on play school, but I, I can't sing. I think I just want to do all the crafts without all the cleanup or the children. I'm going to repeat this process now. Um, I don't know how many times. I'll let you know at the end as to how many layers I've made. In general, you won't be using a whole packet of the filo pastry to cover this all up, which means that the rest of it could be used to make spinach and feta triangles. 
if you made a slightly larger quantity of the spinach and feta, um, which I'm going to do to prep for my little boy's school days. I've also been really obsessed with watching Great British Bake Off because every time they do phyllo pastry, which they make from scratch, it's an utter disaster, which I just think is so entertaining. Anyone else love watching people fail at things? Or am I just a really horrible person? Like, I enjoy, I enjoy watching my husband watching football when his team is losing. Yeah, I think I am a horrible person. I think I'm gonna do one more layer. All right. Okay, we have prepped the base of the pie with the pastry. It's got the overflow of the rectangles of pastry hanging over the edge. You get your mixture and you plop it in. Yep, plop. Plop. You could bulk this recipe up with any number of things. Things that I've previously used in the past are mushrooms. You could chop up some silver beet, add in some extra sort of more bulked or fresh greens to it. Obviously cook up some onion and add that too, or leek. I've done leek before, but I didn't wash it properly. So as I was eating it, you could just kind of feel the grains of the dirt from the leek. Blah, blah, blah. Rookie mistake. But in terms of added vegetable content, you could definitely do that. You could even add some meat to it. I feel like chorizo would be really fun. But let's just stick with what we've got. I've got my mixture in there and I'm gonna fold over the overflowed pastry on top. All the edges are folded in nicely and I'm just gonna brush a little bit of oil over the top. If you wanted to, you could sprinkle some sesame seeds on top as well. I don't have any of those, so tough titties. Whenever you choose to bake it, whether you've prepared it the day before, the morning of, previously in the freezer, banged it out and thawed it, you want your oven at 180, pop it in. And it's gonna bake for about 20 to 30 minutes. I'm gonna keep it in there until it's nice and golden and crisp. Okay, my pie has been in the oven now for 20 minutes. I've got kids running around, so just beware, there's gonna be noise. Oof. It is super duper golden. Golden. Mm, can you see that, guys? Yeah. What does it look like? It looks like a cake. Because <laughs> it's in a cake tin. Deceiving. How good. We're going to let it cool down ever so slightly in the tin before I take it out and chop it up. It's little bot bot is also crispy. It's cooked all the way through. It smells fragrant, but decadent. Don't really know how else to describe it. Let's dish this up. So there you have it, spinach and feta pie.
pie. Such a tasty meal. You'd serve this with a nice zesty salad and a real nice glass of wine. Or if you have yourself a drink lord, like I do, why not try a gin sour? So give this recipe a go guys, add these ingredients to your next grocery shop if they're not already in your fridge and freezer and let me know how it goes. Share some photos, share the love. I'd love to see what you think. But we'll finish this episode like every episode with some takeaway for the week. Today I am giving you a little bit of takeaway in the form of a brand. And that is food for everyone. How can I best describe this? They are a company that produce posters of beautiful prints and recipes from chefs. The whole purpose of Food for Everyone is to share the love of food. And they do it in a number of ways. Obviously, visually appealing, you get to buy yourself a lovely print to hang up in your home. You get to have a recipe there on your wall all the time. But more importantly and more wholesomely, every purchase of a poster, they donate the equivalent of 10 meals to people with food insecurity. So they partner with another company called Second Bite. And through that, they have delivered thousands of meals to people in need. I think it makes for a fun kind of gift that you might give to someone. Choose a recipe or a design or a chef that you know they like. The meals featured on the posters are some of my favorite chefs or just really well-known meals that you might have thought of. Messina's even on there, Nigella Lawson, Julia Busatil or Julia Ostro. Kate Reed, if you love a good pastry from Loon. So many more, and the artworks are just so beautiful. Honestly, could not recommend them highly enough. Look up Food for Everyone, follow them on Instagram, buy yourself or someone else a beautiful poster, and know that there's just going to be a whole lot of good being spread around. But that's it from me for another fortnight here in my kitchen trying to help you answer that burning question of what the fuck is for dinner. You'll be able to find the written recipe for today's episode in the show notes, as well as a link to food for everyone. Follow along on Instagram. It's WTFs for dinner pod. Please subscribe, follow along, give me a review, hopefully five stars, uh, because that will mean that I can get this podcast into other people's ears. Until next time, though, you have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you.